It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday march 30th and you're listening to episode 409 like the cleaner like that old beach boys song or probably not like any of those things but hey i'm here with julio that's cool what's up julio hey jason i'm i'm doing okay how about yourself i'm trying but i'm trying over here <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely some. I mean, everybody's been affected by this whole Corona, COVID nineteen uh, virus. Let's just put it out there. It, it's it's not just the <laughs> designers and board gamers, right? It's right. the whole world. I mean, it's, right? It's, it's it's pretty interesting. No, um, and in fact, in a, the design stuff has been impacted probably the least when it comes to actually designing. Now, conventions and such, those are all going to start getting canceled real soon. Here, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but this is definitely gonna make a shift in how people, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word? I guess relate with each other. Just kind of interact with each other would be the word. Right. Uh, right. It's definitely gonna be different after this. It is. It is. But we are surviving up here with the kids. Uh, still. Uh, it's um yeah I like that my kids go to school uh, normally every day that's pretty cool so um but right <laughs> yeah, now my, they do on my side yeah on my side it's been it's been I, I I'm still working uh, but a lot of teleworking so working from home and earlier last week I was going out to the field because I don't you know I don't physically interact with people when I'm <laughs> right on the right right usually uh, but there was. Like somebody got sick in the office and they didn't know if it was it was COVID nineteen, so they took the test. So in the, in the meantime, nobody could go out on the field. Nobody could okay. go to the office, and it ended up being a, a negative. But it was kind of a five day until we waited for the results. Right, right. So doing a, a lot of office work. Right. Which, I, it, yeah. I was gonna say I um I find myself every time I have to go out in public. Uh, counting the days after that, but like, okay, it's been nine days since I've been out in public. Probably I don't have anything. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And uh, anyway, I hope all the builders are staying uh, safe and and taking the necessary precautions to stay healthy and having some physical distancing between people, not social. Uh, yes hopefully yes because the social part is definitely something we need it's just it's it's a, what makes us part of being human right right to live in community and speaking of community what's been going on with you design wise let's talk about board games here so i um i submitted some stuff to some publishers i'm waiting to hear back on all of that. And it's kind of nerve wracking just because I just want to hear back and just know. And this is the thing where I, I'll hear back in the next couple of weeks. It's not like a normal, like it's, it's, it's a, I did some pitching where I know that I'll hear back soon rather than like, yeah. Hey, it's going to take months. So that's kind of nice. I do have some other pitches where um, publishers have just kind of fallen off the face of the earth when it comes to responding. And I mean, no judgments there. I, I get it. It sucks because like one of them was a publisher who I felt really good about for one of Neil and I's games. And now suddenly it's like, 
they just don't exist anymore. Um, so, but I don't want to bother them because, you know, with everything going on, they were busy with some convention stuff and then that ended and now it's just kind of like, oh, so, um, so Neil and I are working on a game, but other than that, uh, not a ton going on design wise right now. So it's kind of a hurry up and wait thing right now. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. And the thing with it's funny because now in this, we're in this, uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple months. So I think we were speaking about uh, publishers being risk averse in the in a past episode, right? And now is more than ever because you know stores are closed in most places, and and people are not, you know, they may be buying games, but more on the digital side. So right. they may be shifting towards something else. So yeah, so if it, you it, if, it, yeah, if you're a publisher who's looking to get into digital games, like. The now is like, I mean, unfortunately, six months ago was the time you should have been prepping for that, but you had no idea because we didn't know this was going to happen. But um, yeah, there are some yeah. publishers I can think of off the top of my head who I won't mention, but like who really should be thinking about that right now. Kind of those mid range, like they've got some good evergreen hits, like they should really be focusing on getting those out digitally. And in my opinion, in my, my humble opinion, uh, I know that I've hmm. focused more on buying digital board games of late because it's a nice way to get a board game fixed without having to, you know, go see people that I can't go see. Uh, I, I mean, I'm fortunate that I have four players in my house, counting myself, who like to play games. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've also been, everyone's so exhausted by the time the night hits that, like, it's just like, I basically just sit down and play Animal Crossing for a long time, and then I fall asleep. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you would think that staying in your house all day, not traveling, not doing any of that... You would have more energy, but it's just exhausting, man. Right, right. And and of course, for you, you have the the kid factor. So right, that right. Plays a lot into it too. And I mean, we're we're super blessed with living in a neighborhood where we can just go like walk around. Like so, like I've been, you know, we've all been taking walks every day. You know, getting a couple miles in, and um, that's really nice. And everybody in our neighborhood's been super respectful about the physical distancing side of things. Um, Oh, today, this is a good one, right? So today, my kids and I unveiled an art museum that we made uh, called the Moonflower Museum of Art. Moonflower is the street, like our side street. We actually took this old, like, two foot by four foot board that I had that was in really good shape. I turned it into a big sign uh, and then put it, stuck it in the ground so that's removable. Um, And then we, the kids did a bunch of artwork on it, um, like, like, that we can remove and take off. So there's eight pictures that they've done on there. And then once a week we'll swap out some of them. Uh, oh. And it's just like as a, and we, I put it out on the Facebook for the neighborhood and like tons of people stopping by today to look at it as they're walking. Cause so many people are out and the kids <laughs> were just so excited watching them. Like people walk by That's and awesome. look at it. So um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's been a really positive <laughs> thing. Um, it, this oh, is definitely, man, Jason, you're, se- you're, you're setting them up for, for uh, a wake-up call when it comes to creative works. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did make them I did make them draw more than we needed, and we picked the best ones rather than just putting okay. up anything they drew. I was like, we're going to cut some of these. I did let them put them on the fridge, though. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for that, so. <laughs> cool, cool. So for me, it's uh, – I've actually – Looking back on it, because it's been, I guess, a, a little over a month since I last uh, spoke with you all, and uh, it, it, a lot, a lot has happened 
for sure. Um, so design-wise, I've started up uh, some new designs and some new co-designs. So that's been exciting. It's uh, I'm I'm I've said it in the past. I'm not really good a really good co-designer, but there is at least one that's that I am very excited about, and some others that I'm there is definitely getting there. But of course, with co-designing, it is uh, slower, and and of course, now getting together with people and playing those games is gonna be harder. But right. but I'm excited about that, and I did start my own my new projects for from me as well so i'm excited about that now um games under evaluation i do have a couple um at this point i'm not even going to contact publishers because it feels like i'm putting the priority of my game over their health at yeah. some point i don't yeah. know <laughs> it's weird because it's, it's like oh uh do you, have you had time to play test my game you know right now they they can't get together with people and play uh, and playtest, so it's it's I, I haven't really followed up with any of the of those publishers. Right. Um, right. I have had some good news and some bad news. So which one? Wh- which type of guy are you? Are you good news first or bad news first? Let's start with the bad news. Let's just get it out of the way. Rip the bandaid off. Okay. So two bad news. Uh, number one is that. Uh, my game Marvelous Works was uh, finalist for the Hippo Dice competition in Germany, so I yeah. did hear back from them, and the, uh, the game didn't go towards the the final final round, like the top ten or something. Um, so so that's a little discouraging. But they said they're gonna be sending some feedback because they, the game was played and all that. So at Where, least it, which it, one was I, that? I, I, so that's the Hippo Dice competition in Germany. Oh, okay, it's a, okay. It's a, it's a design competition that's been going on. It's like this is the thirty-second year, so it's been going on for for a while. Um, and I I don't know if I even mentioned that it was a finalist in the past, but maybe I forgot. But yeah, anyway, it didn't make it past that, so that's yeah, that's a bummer. And even a bigger bummer, um, one of my games that I had signed, one of the first games that I assigned, um, uh, Pyramid of the Magician, and you haven't played this game, but Rob did play it. Uh, It had been signed with Brain Games, uh, and the publisher, uh, after some communication, trying to communicate with them, they were kind of not talking with me and stuff, so I just went straight up and said if they were interested in publishing the game, because there hasn't been any communication, and they went straight and said that they they were looking to go into the different direction, so they weren't going to publish it, so I got the rights back to the game. Yeah, and it, and and the reason why I am mentioning the name of the publisher is because I, I, there weren't any hard feelings. I did get an advance for that game, and and it is a really good game. So I'm looking forward to be pitching it to other publishers. I know it it can be picked up again. Right, you but should show course, that is to. One of those uh, things. You should show that to Breaking Games. I feel like that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually never, I, I haven't contacted Breaking Games or anything. I, I may have, but maybe they never responded or anything. But but yeah, it, it is one that, another one to add to the portfolio that I have to pitch. Yeah, it'll, it'll it, again, it, it'll be fine. But it is one of those things that the but game it's a bummer. has been signed for a year and a half, and now it's back to me. So uh, anyway, those are kind of the bad news. Now I have, I, I guess, three pieces of good news. Hey, that's um, good. So going back... Uh, yeah, on on Pyramid, oh not Pyramid, uh, on Marvelous Works. 
So the game is a finalist on the on the uh, Cardboard Edison Award, which, by the way, you are you also have a game that's a finalist. I know. Yeah, look at us competing. It's, yeah, it's. I don't, I just which wanted are, to be a wh- finalist. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cardboard Edison gets a lot of submissions, so it is interesting. Like looking at the finalists this year, I know probably more than half of the designers. Um, yeah, yeah. So I noticed I'm, that too. Yeah, uh, it's funny that Game Designers of North Carolina has like six designers in the finalists. So, represent. Yeah. Including uh, Joshua Josh Mills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who was the co-designer <laughs> on that one with him? Um, Must have been somebody good. <laughs> oh, Nat. and uh, Nat, right? Oh, was it Nat? Oh, yeah. Nat's great. Iron Design Champion, uh, I, unlike Josh. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I'm not sure, but anyway, congrats to everybody. That's the final as that. So, so that's the one piece of, you know, you yep. were talking about iron design. I mean, you were talking about North Carolina representing, but Hey, there in that, there are two iron design winners, two iron design oh. runner ups and an iron design, uh, coordinator. So yeah, that's wow. five people representing the iron design award. I feel like that is that's pretty big news. Building right the game, represent. Yeah, They've right. Been, <laughs> you've been training them well, Jason. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's one one of the good news. The other p- piece of good news is that uh, my game, Holy Festival of Colors. You did mention it on the last podcast. Yes, it, it, it was went live on Kickstarter. It was originally supposed to be a ten day campaign. But with the coronavirus, Kickstarter uh, allowed people, uh, publishers to, to extend it. I guess like a week or something. The game oh, had already that was funded. So nice. like it, it, yeah, I found that on the first forty-eight hours. So that was exciting. Um, and and I'm looking forward to seeing this one come out. Uh, supposedly it's gonna be November 2020. But you know, you know how things are gonna. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if we're still here by November 2020. Right. I had a game that I heard. From a publisher was going to be coming out this year, and I bet it's not. I bet it's not. So, yeah. yeah. So, so that got funded. That was exciting. Yeah, uh, that's I awesome. Guess, Congrats. Like, the first, thank you, thank you. So the first three days, uh, I guess. Well, the funding goal was twenty thousand dollars, so that th- that was nice. And the first, um, so as of now, I think it's standing like at twenty seven thousand. Cool. Um, and it still has a week left. So. Builders can still go and check that that out. Uh, and last but not least, um, my game with Pandasaurus Control, yeah, TTRL was was announced. And man, I am really excited about this game. Um, it looks amazing. Is, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Pandasaurus has done a fantastic job. And and the biggest thing is so. Control is a 3D area control game. It's going to be hard to describe because it has this the 3D components and all that. But basically, you are you are trying to take over this big cube using smaller bricks or little blocks. Uh, and it uses kind of like uh, gravity to the cube in the sense that when you go on an edge, it sticks to the next plane of, of the that cube. So you're little by little, you're filling up this cube and it's growing, it's growing kind of like... Katamari D- Diamond Sea style. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so so uh, yeah, ultimately you you are gonna be scoring your color on five different axes of this cube. So from your perspective, you may look a lot of green, but from the other one, there may not be any green at all because it's blocked by other colors. Right. Um, so it, it is a twenty minute game, and it it has it. You know the components are nice. And you know how much Pandasaurus is gonna be selling this game for? I saw, $25. yeah, five dollars. That is a steal, 20, a steal. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, I don't even know how they did that, but I think right. they're putting a lot of stock into this game, and I, and yeah. I'm obviously hoping that it will succeed. Well, I think it's, it's definitely a good one. With a game like that, it takes a company like Pandasaurus or a or even bigger company to take a risk on it like that because, um, because somebody. There's always the chance, like I know you and anyone who knows you a designer knows there's going to be good, fun strategy to it. And I think anybody that knows Panasaurus knows that too. But like when you're looking at a mm -hmm. game like that, if that was a $50 game, that's a hard sell, right? For somebody that doesn't realize that it's going to yeah. be so fun, right? But at 24 bucks, like that is going to fly off the, well, probably the internet, because not shelves for a while. But. So when do you, did they well, say when uh, that's going to get released? Do they know? Uh, yes. So it's, it's set July 28th. So cool. we'll, we'll see if that happens or not. But but uh, I'm excited. And and yeah, th this one's, uh, I'm definitely very excited about that. So, yeah, so yeah. again, uh, there's ups and downs. And this is a good thing. Of course, this is a documentary podcast. So people know that it's not always good things. You know, obviously, there's a lot of bad things happening on the background, too. And and we just got to shrug that off and keep going. And, and things will get better. And they may get worse before they get better, but they'll get better at some point. It's true. All right. Well, hey, yeah. we, should, we should jump on the topic here. Yes, yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, in light of recent events, I wanted to bring a topic that could help designers in in these times right now so the topic is designer tools that are especially useful right now so obviously with a lot of physical distancing between people people can't get together and and play games or play test games as designers what kind of tools are available especially in these modern digital times that uh, we can use to supplement our design right. and playtesting abilities. So it's funny because um, I, I've been very busy with my designing stuff, and I haven't, I wasn't really thinking about playtesting, but I was starting to miss it because Game Designers North Carolina is not mating and all that. Um, but in the past week, I've tried out like four different tools that have been very useful. And, and that was the reason why I wanted to bring it up. And, and I'll just Excellent. start with the first one, and then maybe you can, you can bring something to, uh, after that. So um, the first one, and let's just keep it simple. A lot of people have access to a webcam or a camera, either your phone or your computer, and just use Skype. So I, one of, I did say that at one of my co-designs, it's a dexterity game. So... This game is obviously very hard to uh, have like a digital uh, version of it. So we actually just set up a camera on, on my co-designer's side and he had the game set up and we played the game and he played for me. Of course, I told him what to do and all that, but that's a way to play test. You know, if you have a group that you usually meet with, 
you can just set up something as simple as a webcam and your computer and just Skype through it and you can just play test whatever game you want to play. And yep. of course, it, 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 it does take a lot uh, longer time and, and it is uh, harder, but it is something that can work if it's done with patience, of course. Right, right. And I'm going to, I want to generalize that even more and just say video chat in general um, for, yeah. for, yes, for playing games totally works. Um, also, though, for, for having your design meetings, um, we've been trying more and more to do video chat. If Isaac and I meet, if Neil and I meet, if Banana and I meet, we all try to do video chat just because it's really nice to see some faces, especially some different faces yeah. right now when you've seen only like the same people all the time. Um, so, so yeah, I've been trying to do that more. Um, but yes, uh, any, whatever you like, I just set up zoom recently. Uh, I always have trouble with Skype. Um, so if you sign up for zoom, it's free. Uh, and you basically, um, you can just have, um, you can just have, uh, like your own meeting. It gives you a personalized meeting that's always open. And when you send it to okay. someone, they can go to it. And as long, and once you start it, it works, but it's always yours. It's always ready to go. Um, so yeah, that's, that that's is cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I'll definitely uh, consider because there, there are different, uh, I know that game designers in North Carolina starting, uh, I think they may have opened up like a zoom channel or something for us to, to meet di digitally and just, uh, talk design because of course it's not just play testing, but like you say, just, just the matter of fact of meeting with people and, and talking about design or just what's going on because, Again, people need that that social aspect. Uh, so yeah, right. yeah, that's a that's a great one. I gotta check that one out. Zoom, you said. Yep, Zoom, Z O O M dot U S is where you sign up, and it took me three minutes to sign up. I Isaac uses it whenever we meet. He uses it for business stuff as well because he has like a I think he has like a, a real account for it. Um, yeah. But I just have the free one. But it can do what his can do, which is just have one on one meetings or have small group meetings. Um, but the, the next thing that I would personally suggest for playing games and testing games, tabletop simulator, um, while it can be yeah. a pain to get stuff put into it, uh, is a great way to play games with each other, um, to really get the experience of like, what does it look like on the table? How does it play? Um, we've been doing that with Neil and I for quite a while now. Um, but Neil's been trying to put more games in as have some other people so that we can start play testing them together. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and the, the thing with Tabletop Simulator, so that's actually one of the games, that, one of the things that I've tried out this week, uh, because the New York uh, City Playtest Group, uh, so Daniel Newman and Gil Hova started this uh, big remote playtesting initiative, and all the Seattle board, uh, board game designers and game designers of North Carolina and anybody that wants to join ha has started this Discord channel, and, and they're using Tabletop Simulator. So uh, they started out with just doing like a like a Skype meeting with all these a lot of people, and then people started playtesting using Tabletop Simulator. So I first started as an observer, and I saw how it was because the first thing with Tabletop Simulator is that oh you think like there's a barrier to entry with learning a new you know program and all yeah. that, and there is, but. There is actually a really good video that the group posted on the chat. I can probably send it to you, and you can maybe post it on the on the notes of the. I'd love podcast. to. 
Um, and it actually has both Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia, and that's an, the next one that I'm going to be talking about as yep. well. Tabletopia uh, is a good one. But, yeah, so I actually... Uh, so, Tabletop Simulator, you, you buy it through uh, Steam, and in the last couple weeks, it's been going on sale a couple times, so it's been like $10, $15. I... At the time that I bought it, I actually bought it for the twenty dollars. That is, that's the normal uh, cost, and and I, I, so far I think it's worth it. Uh, again, I, I saw that video and it was probably like thirty some minutes, and it gave me a lot of really good information. And I already have two games loaded up to Tabletop Simulator. Of course, I started with the with the simple ones. Um, I start like a top uh, EMW three. You played that one. Uh, that's oh, a yeah. lane game, but. But it's funny because it's polyomino, so I actually figured out how to have the polyomino uh, tiles on the on the program, and and one and the other one is a fifty four card game, Medieval Market. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that. It, again, there was a little getting used to, and 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 of course, but if you now have the time that you're at home, just sit and watch a couple of videos of how to do it, and it's much simpler than you would think. So I, I definitely cool. recommend it. And uh, so the next one is Tabletopia. And I actually have used Tabletopia in the past. Uh, we're doing some playtesting with a publisher with one of my signed games. And it worked really well. I guess uh, Tabletopia, the difference between Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator is that Tabletopia, ha- it's, it runs on, on any Internet Explorer or, or Firefox or Chrome. Uh, whatever you have from the computer. So you don't have to install any outside program like Tabletop Simulator. Uh, and, and with that, the game does run a little simpler in a sense. So it is uh, easier to understand, but it is, it is limiting uh, for designers. Um, but it is one that it is free. That's you do have you can have a free account. And even with a free account, I think you can still do the the workshop and designer stuff. Uh, it is a little limiting, like I said, but it is something that if you want to dip your toes, you can start with that. Uh, I have primarily used it to play with uh, people, so I actually have a, a board game group that I started on my on my church, and we were meeting every every Wednesday. And of course, with all this, we stopped meetings. But I'm like, well, let's let's try out this uh, Tabletopia. And we actually had our first meeting yesterday, and it was uh, five people, and it worked out great. Again, awesome. It, it, you, you just, yeah, if you just want to play with uh, with people, you can do that as well. Because I did get like the the pro membership, which is um, ten dollars a month. Uh, because that gives you access to all the games that they have there, and they have quite a, a good library. Um, and, and again, I may I may drop out of it in a, in a month or two, but for now, it's definitely been very useful. Cool. Have you have it? Have you had any any uh, experience with Tabletopia? Nope, I've heard of it. I haven't tried it. At some point, I do want to. Um, I just haven't had a chance. So. Um, yeah, so my yeah. my next uh, my next tip is one you should already be doing. Um, but let's say you're a designer who really, let's say you're a game designer in North Carolina, one of those slackers who they don't do much, but, <laughs> and you're just meeting, let's say you have a design group you meet with in person all the time, right? So because of that, you yeah. may be bringing documents with you. You may be bringing rules, all sorts of stuff, you know, bringing prototypes, um, Google drive 
is what I use for everything. It's very good for being able to share things with each other. It's vastly superior to Dropbox. Listen, if you're a builder and you're like, Dropbox is better, you might be right. I do not care. I hate Dropbox. It never works right for me. <laughs> Whatever uh, works for you. So yeah. So anyway, so Google Drive, love it. Um, one of the things you can do is, and you could do this for your game design groups, is you can create shared folders. So like I have with every co-designer I work with, I have a shared folder with them. Uh, that we so we just whenever I'm like I don't have to say where did you send that where did you it's we it's in the folder and then we know where it is right um, and then if yeah. multiple people work on a game then I'll just kind of pick which folder to put it in and then share that one document with other people or share a folder within a folder um, and it works really really well um, so that's again you should already yeah. be doing this but in a time when sharing things online has become a little you know sharing things has become a little more important to do it digitally. I highly recommend you're putting everything in Google Docs. You can also share things with publishers that way. Yeah. And, and and it goes without saying that there's a lot of things that you can do just solo. You know, normally designing, it's usually a solo process until it comes to playtesting unless you have a co-designer or something. But one of the biggest things that us as designers don't really like to talk about, but it's always there and it's always looming, it's a, uh, writing rules for our games. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the fun so have, part, right? I have a <laughs> right, right, right. So I actually have probably like four designs that I started rules on, but it, they're still not ready. So I, 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 I do have things that I have to do, you know. So I do have these rules that I can start writing up because the games are at a good playable state. They just have a little tweaks here and there, but then I can just tweak the rules. So designers, you can always just bite the bullet there and just start writing those rules because they need to get done to be able to, when you pitch this game for the publisher to play it. Um, right. So I actually have, uh, I guess another general comment on all this, and this does apply to everything that we've already mentioned. And that is learn a new skill. Um, there may be something that you have always thought about that could have been useful, could be useful for you as a designer. Uh, that's either a program or a tool or, or anything really. Take the time and, and try to learn it because we are going to be spending a lot of time at home and there's only so much Netflix we can watch without losing our sanity. Yeah. Um, so so make sure you learn something. Um, there's a lot of YouTube videos of how to learn anything, really. You, that's, that's the great thing about YouTube. It's not just funny videos. There's a lot of good tutorial videos, instructional videos. So um, one of the things that I actually uh, started to learn about is that... Let me give you some, some background. So a lot of my games... Uh, lately have needed these special components for for it to uh, complement the gameplay and these components have been made uh, with 3d printers so one of my uh, uh, friends or uh, designers from the game Designers of north carolina in Asheville, kevin yudi he has a 3d printer at his workplace and he, and i provided him with some filament that i bought and then i would start i started doing like a little designs on Tinkercad. That's a website that you can do some basic shapes of designs. Yeah. And and 
it did work, but at the same time, he was doing me this favor. Of course, I, I gave him the filament and all that, but he was taking his time to put this all on the on the 3D printer and make sure everything is okay. So, so of course, I, you know, you know, you know me, I'm a little uh, fast when it comes to prototyping. So I, I, I've, at the same time, I get, I'm getting a little impatient, but he's doing me a favor. So I, I, you know, I just, when he gets it to me, he gets it to me. But in this time I decided, Hey, I might, let me check how much 3D printers are, you know, how much do they cost? And I invested in a 3D printer. So nice. I bought, I bought a Creality Ender 3 Pro and this uh, this 3d printer cost me 200 dollars so it is uh, you know i did a lot of research and it's one of the best out there for that price range and 200 dollars of course it, but it's not really that much when you think of it and especially if i buy enough filament anything any component that i may need i can just make it and i don't have to buy it from anywhere else right even something as simple as cubes. If I need cubes, I just I'll just make them, right? I just need the filament. Um, so I, I did that, and I started, you know, watching tutorial videos. And today, um, I spent some time and and started making some components that I needed for one of my co-designs. So I'm really nice. excited about that. So that, yeah, yeah, it is one of those things that. That it is exciting, learning a new skill and and watching you you know you you can see how you're getting better at it, uh, and uh, I guess it's a trial and error type deal. So so 3D printing and I guess modeling design that's uh, really cool. So if anybody is interested in in any of that, again, if you think oh two hundred dollars for learning again it, it, and it is you're learning a new skill so it's not like plug and, and play type deal you have to learn how to use these stuff but creality ender uh three pro um and i've been using this cool app on my on my um uh, ipad it's a really cool modeling app and I've, I've been really enjoying it. It's called um, 3D, oops, uh, uh, th- uh, Sharp, Sharper 3D. So S-H-A-P-R 3D. And nice. it, is a re- it is very user-friendly. It's an app. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm loving it so far. I, I made some prototype, uh, I guess some components. And uh, it's right now printing as we speak. So after we finish up here, I'm going to check them out and try them out. Very cool. So that's very cool. Yeah, that's just a long explanation for learning a new skill. Anything that right. may be something as simple as learning right. a new uh, rules or, or, or word type uh, program. <laughs> um, for me, uh, I would say um, a, uh, a really cool um, thing for, that I've been doing uh, lately is organizing. I've been organizing all of my game design yeah. stuff. Uh, when, when you get really busy going to lots of conventions and stuff and doing a bunch of prototypes, shipping them out, all that stuff, you tend to get disorganized, right? You tend to just like kind of oh, do yeah. whatever you need to do, throw in games wherever. So I've made a conscious effort whenever the kids are doing their computer time, like doing like their computer learning every day, that I, they're down in the yeah. basement where my design stuff is. So I've been just kind of organizing the studio, getting everything 
uh, easier to access, knowing where things are, getting rid of old prototypes I don't need, or just you know getting prototypes that I do want to keep in places where I can find them. How crazy is that? Without going, where was that prototype? <laughs> um, so that's been really, really nice. Um, and it it's done two things. One, it's made me feel good about getting stuff cleaned out of the house, just getting rid of stuff I don't need. But two, it's made me feel real good about getting like organized to where I know where my game stuff is. Um, so when I do need yeah. to start working on stuff, I can just get to it and find it. So highly recommend that. Yeah, and one thing I, I think I've been thinking about as well is is also getting organized digitally, as in have, uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, like a ledger or something of your prototypes. What's their status? Um, in my case, I, at this point, I think I have probably 20 uh, active projects, and, and I've been getting to a place where um, I, I, I've been a little disorganized because I have so many projects going on. So having something as simple as a spreadsheet where you can have the status and look maybe what publishers have it or what is the next step that you need to do, like writing the rules or something. Yeah, that could be something that, again, is it's yes. not as exciting as designing and creative, but it is something that can save you a lot of time in the long run. Yep. And I, I've, I have a actually just a Google Doc that I keep where I list every project I'm working on, what the status is, who I'm working on it with, and who's looking at it. If somebody's looking at it, it's simpler than a spreadsheet. Um, it's just an easy way for me to look at it and catalog it without having to do much updating. And uh, I actually, glad for the reminder, I haven't updated that in a couple weeks. I need to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> Nice, um, nice. Yeah. What else? Yeah, you got any other I mean, tips? Um, I, again, I, I think we've covered a lot of them and we may have missed something because, uh, I, I guess one time we were talking about, uh, uh, one of our topics and, and after a couple of days, I'm like, I should have talked about this because there is so much other things that people can use tools or just little tips and tricks. So if any builders out there have any, any, uh, comments or or anything that they do use then don't hesitate to share it let's uh let's socialize here digitally yes and you know so i'm gonna throw one last tip out there it's a tip i've given before um but i think is really relevant right now co-design something i know that might seem silly because right we can't actually go see people but um, when we're all isolated at home we need contact with the outside world we need that creative like input so if you're not co-designing yeah. a game, I challenge you to find a friend who designs, set up some time. Even if you're just workshopping something for fun, that's do that because it really will help keep you motivated. Um, so yeah, that's all I'll say about that. You've all heard me preach about co-designing before, but that's what I would suggest. Um, so yeah, check that out. Yeah, I, you're, I mean, you're right. Motivation is definitely one thing that... I may have just taken it for granted here, like they didn't mention it, but obviously people's spirits are not in the same as they were before all this stuff started. So, yeah, being motivated to be creative is definitely a, a harder thing. And and finding whatever it is that you do, that you can still do it in a safe way. Um, because we're not going out, so make sure do something like exercising, even if you don't exercise, go out for a walk. As long as you're keeping six feet of distance between people, you'll be fine. But uh, something as simple as that can give can give you some inspiration or, or just uh, just take a breather. Really, that's that's Agreed. something that you may need. 
Cool, cool, cool. So uh, now, do you think we have time to pitch a game? I Are absolutely you? do. Let's do it. Okay, so workshopping. Um, I did mention, since I have put in one of my games into Tabletop Simulator, this is actually a game that I've brought back, uh, and this is Emily, E-M-W-3. I've played uh, this one. Yes, you played it. You played it. And this game has gone through many, many iterations. So essentially, Emui, uh, it's a game about, uh, it's a tile lane game about directional perspective. So each tile is the same shape. And they're polyominoes, but they're all the same shape. And the shape is th that of a E or a W or a 3 or an M. So yes. that's why it's called EMW3, because it's the same tile, but the directional perspective of that tile changes depending on how you're looking at it. So it's a 54 tile game. That's what I'm calling it. And, and basically, the tiles have uh, five square, uh, 10 squares on them, and they all make the shape of an EMW3. Anyway, but on those little squares, they have color, three colors blue red and yellow and basically this is a simultaneous play game where there's a reference tile in the middle and everybody gets 13 tiles face down and these tiles have little uh six different combinations of how their colors are placed but basically everybody on each turn everybody takes a tile and the active player will choose a direction of how they're gonna place their own tile. And then everybody is gonna play their tile based on the direction that they're looking at the reference tile from their perspective. Right. So if I'm playing with you, Jason, and I play my tile as an M and you're in front of me, you're gonna look at it as a W. So you're gonna place it as a W on your little personal M we map, I call it. And what you're trying to do on this map, so this is an abstract game. Should have said that, but. Uh, so you're trying to make the longest blue line, the longest red line, the longest yellow line. Continuous, no branches. And then the cool thing about this shape is that you can also make a lot of enclosures. And enclosures are also going to be points. So after 12 rounds of people changing the direction of the tile and then everybody placing, changing the direction, everybody placing, it games goes really quickly, 10 to 15 minutes. Everybody will just score one point for every square on their longest blue line, every square on the longest yellow, longest red, and then one point for every enclosure, regardless of size. And and that's it. Um, this is a game that I had changed it to a different theme and added some extra stuff, but then that went a different direction, and I decided to go to this original idea because it was just something so quick and so simple to understand, so simple to teach, and simple to produce as well because it's just a tile lane game that has 54 tiles. Um, but the thing that, from the difference from what you played, is that I originally had the tiles all be the same tile. And there was this middle area of the tile that was never used. It was just used for enclosures. And I think, and I thought, there's some missing potential here and I need to use it. I need to capitalize on that. And that's what I try to do with this new one. I essentially didn't change any rules. I just added that that extra line of the yellow. And and now you have something extra to think about. And since those tiles are a little different, 
every map is going to be vastly different and, and right. the puzzle is really cool how you're starting to build those lines that's awesome yeah even as it was the game was very clever um, it was one of the first things I ever played of yours, and uh, I, I loved it when we played it, but but it did. It felt like it needed something, and that, yeah, that seems like a natural evolution into that. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, it was one of those that I really liked a lot. Again, it went through a lot of different iterations, but the iterations were adding something, adding something, adding something. And, and then I caught myself, and I was like, this new thing that I have it's cool, but it could be its own game. So I'm just going to put it as something different and I'm going to bring this game back to its original state and right. just find, keep the core and just find that little change that can actually benefit me on the rules. Because one of the things with the original one that you played was that the it was only the blue and red line and these two lines had to touch okay. to be able to score. But now with this yellow line in, in there, now they don't even have to touch. So it's a, it actually took out one rule uh, from the game, and it makes it easier to explain. Even better. Yeah, yeah. So this is, a, I mean, there's it, in comparison to all the ones that I brought in for workshopping, this is one that I've actually made changes, and I'm really excited about it. So if anybody wants to get Tabletop Simulator and play test it with me, I'm definitely uh, going to be able to do that because I already have it set up there and it's a 15 minute game. So awesome. Yeah, and I highly recommend it. Even like I said before, you've made changes to make it even better. It was lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up on Twitter and, and uh, let me know. I'm always uh, looking for feedback as well. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else you want to bring up before we go? Um, well, uh, just just as a safety note, everybody, uh, make sure to just keep keep try to try to keep clean in the sense of just anything that that you do. Make sure that maybe wash your hands. Something as simple as water and soap it can go a long way. But also, don't forget to to socialize with people. There's a big difference between, and I like this from what you said on the last podcast, with social distancing and physical distancing are way different things. And yes, try to yes. exercise physical distancing because social, socially we have, we have to still connect with people. Yeah. And keep safe, but also try to do your best to, to not get into a state where you, you may get uh, depressive and that kind of stuff. You also have to be careful for our mental health, not just our physical health. Absolutely. And that's, um, yeah, that, that's a big thing. Cause that for those of us staying, following the directions and, and not going to see people and staying indoors and stuff, that really is <laughs> the risk, right? Is your mental health, not your physical health. So yeah, yeah. It's a balancing yeah. act for sure. Yeah, All right. I think we've got, we, that's, that's a wrap, Jason. Cool. This, this was a good one. Okay. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can reach out to us on buildingthegamepodcast.com. Email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 770-TELL-BTG. Uh, you can also uh, hit us up on the Twitter. Julio is? At Hunasaru, J-U-N-A-Z-A-R-U. I am at J.A. Slingerland, and of course, the podcast is at Podcast BTG. 
Um, you can also like us on Facebook. Give us five stars or whatever on all of the channels that you can. And uh, yeah, come see us again next week. Until then, good night. Buenas noches. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BGG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>